Hey everybody, it's Jenny from Growth Mode Marketing. You're listening to Demand Gen Fix, the podcast where our team of growth motors and our guests discuss the ins and outs of demand generation and why we believe it's the key to long-term sustainable growth, especially in the HR tech industry. Welcome back to the Demand Gen Fix. Today, we are going to be discussing uh, something that we've talked about quite a bit before and we think is really important, and that's um, getting your sales and marketing teams on the same page. We're going to be talking about it from the marketer's perspective and how to basically sell your ideas and your marketing plan to your sales team. Today, Greg is back with us and Deanna, of course, and so we're just going to go ahead and start are talking about the fact that your sales team is always asking for leads right now. And we understand that, but we all have um, a plan uh, to build your demand generation engine. And so how we can work with the sales teams, because we all have the same goal in mind, and that's, you know, growth. So how can we all get on the same page? Yeah, you know, together, sales and marketing can drive real growth for a company. But we've got to be able to sell demand generation to the sales team and bring them along on the journey because they're not always thinking about it from the same perspective as we are. To your point, Jenny, they're often coming to us and saying, we need more leads now. Demand generation on the surface kind of goes against the grain there because it's a long-term strategy. It's not like, all right, I put out a campaign and now all these leads are coming in the door and they're really good leads for you. It's how are we building brand awareness and trust in the market and basically creating that demand so that we ultimately can capture it. And so as you're entering into building out a brand new demand generation engine, you're going to have to sell it not just to the sales team, but you know to the leadership in the organization too, because it can take six to nine months before you start to see any results and really like 12 to 18 months for it to really start humming and to become this predictable growth engine for you. Well, when you're in high growth mode and and you've got aggressive revenue goals, there's a lot of pressure on the sales team to deliver and from the executive team. So you're going to get a lot of pushback at times like, we can't make this kind of investment. We need results now. You're always going to have to be selling it, right? That's what that's what I've seen. I'm sure, you, and you know, I know you guys have too. It's like even if you get buy-in in the beginning, and they're like, "Okay, this is a great plan," you know, one month later, you got to sell it again. Two months later, you got to sell it again, and you have to explain why. Okay, we're not getting a million leads a day now because we're focusing on high-quality leads that are much more valuable than you know all these leads that the salespeople have to chase around and don't go anywhere. Yeah, so true. So how do you go ahead and build that confidence in your approach with the sales team? Like, what are some ideas for that? Yeah, you know, I I think first, you kind of have to look at what are the potential concerns that sales have so that you can build up that trust with them. And I think a few things that come to mind are the time it will take for the demand gen engine to rev up. You know, that's obviously, like I said before, it could take 12 to 18 months for it to really start humming. They'll feel like there's a lack of focus on immediate revenue needs. You know, from a sales perspective, they're not looking at how do I hit my quota in 18 months? They're looking at how do I hit my quota this month? 
And I think another pushback piece that they have, you know, which is understandable from their perspective is you're telling me I'm going to have less lead volume, that you're switching from lead gen to demand generation. And so instead of that SDR handing me 20 appointments a month, you're telling me now I have to wait six to nine months to even start to see anything. Oh, and it's going to be less leads. Like, it's not surprising that this is concerning for a sales team when you're trying to sell that story of demand generation. And so I think you do have to be able to um, build confidence that this is the approach that is in their best interest. You know, and, and there's several things to look at to do that. Yeah, it's a it's a real mind shift, right? Like you have to help them to understand that, you know, that you're helping them break that cycle of chasing those leads that aren't really ready mm-hmm. to buy yet. You know, it's like everybody does all this research online now. And I mean, you know, we do it in our personal lives, but obviously in B2B it's it's huge the amount of people you know, the amount of time people spend researching before they even call sales. So if you have everything ready to go and you're educating those people in advance then by the time they call the salespeople, they're they're read more ready to buy right like you got to convince them that we're actually helping to move their prospects through the sales cycle right through the purchasing decision you know we're not just like throwing something out there and hoping you know it's not like spaghetti on the wall we're act- there's actually a plan we're trying to help move these prospects forward so that when they actually get to the sales process it's a quality lead and yes they may not have as many leads in a month but they might have more sales more you know people that actually buy because once they get those leads, they're, they're quality leads. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction to make for your sales team as you're talking to them about, okay, we're going to move to a demand generation strategy. And here's why is, you know, instead of focusing on the quantity of leads, we're focusing on the quality and building this foundation for long-term growth. And what that means is, better sales results. So ultimately, the sales reps may not have 20 appointments a month they're chasing anymore. Maybe it's five. But if these are five buyers that actually have raised their hand, said, I am interested in seeing a demo of your HR payroll software, that lead has demonstrated that they have actual buying intent. So the odds of them closing are much higher than, say, the lead that filled out your um, report that you put a gate in front of. And so as you think about it, like as a sales rep, if you're spending most of your time chasing those leads that actually weren't in market to buy, that's a lot of time that could have actually been spent focused on the opportunities that have a legit chance of moving through the pipeline. If you can build that perspective for the sales team, I think it helps them kind of better frame their thinking around what the goal is, you know, because the goal is ultimately to help them be more successful. And when you're not aligned, when sales and marketing are not aligned, you know, it really does kill the growth potential. And, you know, I think companies see it all the time. You know, both teams have 
they care about the same thing and that's growing revenue, but they both feel like they have the power to do it themselves, <laughs> I think sometimes yeah. and they're working in silos and that's just not how it works. You really have to work together to maximize results. Right. And the nice thing, I think if you, if you're using a system like HubSpot, right, where you, you can actually show the sales, the salespeople like, okay, this is what this particular prospect is reading. This is what they've learned, you know, they already know about. So you, when you turn that lead over to sales, they have that history of what that customer has already worked, you know, prospect has already been engaging with. So that helps them with their conversations with, with the prospect. So, you know, working together like that is, I mean, that's, Perfect, right? The perfect situation. You know, I think as you're talking to your sales team about here's why demand generation, one of the things to look at, which should really resonate with a sales team, is the way that B2B prospects are buying today. The reality it is it has changed and we need to be on the same page to support this. I know like at growth mode marketing, when we talk to our clients and their sales leaders, they're seeing this too. Things that worked in the past, strategies from a marketing standpoint, sales, they're not getting the same results that they did once upon a time. And that's frustrating because you know, you've got these sales reps who are maybe very successful in the past to feel like they're hitting a wall. And so, you know, we need to acknowledge the fact that prospects want to be in control of the buying process and not pushed into the vendor sales process. And that is different. You know, they want to trust a brand, but they're leery of the sales process and they want to do their own research to make the majority of their purchase decisions before they'll even engage with a sales rep. And so I think they're resistant to talking to a sales rep before they are ready and they want to minimize the need for those interactions. And that's probably very frustrating for the sales reps, right? Because the sales reps play a really important role in bringing in revenue for the company. And I'm sure it feels like, how can I do that if I don't get to control the conversation from the get go? But the reality is the way people are buying, the way they want to buy, I mean, they're saying, I want to minimize my interaction with the sales rep. And I think that means you have to rely on marketing more to help build up that brand awareness and trust in the market so that they get to the point where they're comfortable having that conversation with the sales rep. Right. If they're going to reach out for a demo, right, that's going to be like, they're already further down the, the pipeline, right? They're, they're getting ready to buy and they're probably going to only reach out to three people to say, give me a demo, right? They're not going to go to 20 different people and sit through hour-long demos of software. You know, they're going to do all of their research and check all of the surveys and all of the, you know, chats and all that, go on their Slack and talk to other people and figure it out before they even call somebody for a demo. So, Yes, they're already up to 80% through that decision process, you know? So by the time they reach out and say, I will talk to a sales rep, They've already made their shortlist. And the reality is if they didn't know about you, they didn't think about you as the other 80% of the time that they were researching and making that decision, you're not going to be part of the conversation. And I just saw a post on LinkedIn specifically about this topic that really resonated with me because I'm like, it's so true. It was like, you have a 1% chance of 
getting chosen if you weren't part of their shortlist to begin with, which means they've already been researching and doing things. That's where like cold calling comes in and, oh yeah, we happen to be looking for this solution. And suddenly, you know, they're having a conversation with you. Well, they were having, you know, research and conversations with other people first. Whereas if you're on the short list, you have a, a one in three chance of being selected, right? So you want to be on that short list. You want to build that brand awareness and trust long before they raise their hand and say, I'm, I'm going to buy and I'm ready to make my decision because you don't know when they're going to be ready to buy and, and you want to be on their radar for sure. I can see why that would be very frustrating as a salesperson, you know, especially if you've been in the business a long time because things have changed so much. That being said, you also have to realize it's not your fault that you're not getting the same traction that you used to. It's not yours. It's it's the way that everything has changed. So I think helping you know everybody realize that that's the issue and it's not like marketing is trying to tell sales, you're doing it all wrong, do it our way. That's not the point here. The point is that we all need to pivot and do things differently to get to that end goal. Yeah, great point. Because I think at the end of the day, like if the sales team can step back and recognize that, they too can actually be a really good advocate for building out demand generation and looking at the long-term strategy. What a dream come true for a sales rep to start to get leads who they know are in market, have buying intent. And having those conversations are going to go so much differently than chasing after those cold leads who maybe filled out a form, engaged with various content and seem to be engaged, but aren't actually in market, aren't going to buy. you know. And a lot of people will take the sales meeting because they don't know how to say no, you know, they don't want to be mean, or they're just interested in the technology and the product, you know, and I've seen it happen a million times, the sales rep gets really excited, because it's a company that they really want to work with. And they see like the opportunity there. But the reality is, if that buyer, that company is not ready to buy, it's highly unlikely if you're selling an enterprise level HR technology solution, that you're going to convince them before they have made up that decision themselves that it's time to move it. And that seems obvious, but I can tell you, I've, I've talked to prospects out there in this industry who are like, we can see clearly it is in their best interest to buy our product. I can't understand why they're not moving forward. And it's like, well, because you can't convince them. They have to come to that conclusion themselves that this is what they need, that the budget is there, that it's the time to make the move. From a sales perspective, again, change, change the narrative there. Talk to someone who already recognizes that. It's a whole different ballgame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what marketing can do up front to create this demand generation engine and make it easier for sales in the long run. Like I started to say before, creating that digital footprint, right? If every, everybody's researching everything online, so you need to really have a strong digital footprint from your website to your social media, you know, to any, uh, you know, podcasts or blogs or any of that kind of stuff that you um, have out there for your company and, and the salespeople too. I mean, they can be advocates for the company and the product, um, you know, and be out there doing the same thing. It's not all, you know, reliant on the company itself. So, you know, really creating that strong footprint is the, First thing you got to sink your teeth into. 
Mm-hmm. And really making sure that you're concentrating not just on, you know, the bottom of the funnel. You know, you have to have content out there that's for the top of funnel so that these people who are just kind of, you know, dabbling and just trying, you know, starting to do their research, you've got stuff out there for them too. You're not just like drilling in the sales the sales stuff, you know, you're, you're giving them information that's relevant, that's good for them to know. And, you know, and then, you know, also middle of the funnel, just really getting your brand out there and creating uh, credibility and brand awareness. And then, you know, also having some of that salesy stuff out there as well. You have to, you have to make sure that you're hitting all three levels of the funnel. For sure. And I think from a sales perspective, like if marketing and sales are aligned, I look at it like, okay, marketing should be working on creating the brand awareness, the trust, creating demand in the market, and how do we capture it so that sales can focus on in-market opportunities. And that means they avoid spending their time on leads that are not ready to talk to sales. I think in that scenario, sales and marketing need to be in alignment and an agreement that this is what constitutes an in-market opportunity. And that shifts away from, I think, what a lot of organizations have traditionally done. You know, there are certainly sales organizations like, just give me a name. I will run with it. I will work it well. This, this is saying, do it differently. Don't just take a name. Don't use lead scores just to see like, oh, they've engaged with a ton of content. Therefore, it's time for sales to chase. Like, Look at the content that they're looking at. Does that demonstrate that they're top of funnel or does it demonstrate they're maybe middle of funnel or bottom of funnel? They should not be handed to sales if they're still top of funnel. So you could build that lead score way up to hit that trigger to say, you know, they're engaged enough, we're sending it to sales. That's the way organizations have traditionally done it. That's the way marketing automation kind of built it. But I think you have to take a step back from that. And I know we've you know, had an episode where we talked specifically about how to use lead scoring and how to change your thinking around it. It really is, okay, instead of triggering at a certain score, let's look at the type of content they're doing. And if they're really engaged in a topic, great, let's trigger it to go into specific nurture campaigns to see if there's buying intent there. Because if there's not, handing someone that had a 50 because they you know, read every blog article you put out there and they download your podcast and they do all these different things that you can track. Well, I'm interested in your information and the great things you have to say from a thought leadership perspective. That doesn't mean I'm ready to talk to a sales rep. You know, That could be a year down the road, two years down the road, and, and you just have to recognize that. So if sales can focus on in-market opportunities, they're going to have better success because they're spending their time on the most likely to close leads. And demand generation really supports the whole process because you know, you're building brand awareness. You're really getting your name out there. Like I said before, you're building credibility and all of that kind of stuff so that you are getting that prospect to the point that you were just talking about where you're, they're in market. You're creating more inbound leads, which are people who want to talk to us. And those those are the high quality leads, right? Because they're already, if they're raising their hand and saying, I want to talk to you, that's, <laughs> that's way better than cold calling them. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And this is just better for sales because they spend less time chasing leads that are really not ready to buy. They have low buying intent and then they're more, you know, they're spending their time on real opportunities. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, if you are sending better quality leads to the sales team, they may not be getting as many leads, at least in the beginning. But the leads they're getting that are better quality are going to result in shorter sales cycles, higher close rates, and lower customer acquisition costs. And over time, that's going to equate to bigger growth for an organization. And that is ultimately why you've got to play the long game and look at demand generation as a strategy that you build into your organization. Yeah, the key takeaway here is that it's... it's just important for marketing and sales to be aligned because we're all responsible for growth. You know, it's not just one or the other. You can't blame each other. Um, We all have to work together and demand generation can help to create the catalyst for that growth. Stronger together, right? Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on the Demand Gen Fix, a podcast for HR tech marketers brought to you by Growth Mode Marketing. We sure hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe for more perspectives on demand generation and B2B marketing strategies. Plus, give us a like. Tell your friends. We'll see you next time.